Hey guys, Randy here. Before we get into today's episode, I want to thank Roback, one of our sponsors today, Roback, Roback Activewear. They have been gaining traction big time. We love the fit and feel of their gear and the quality is top notch. We did a special limited edition run with them last year uh, doing co-branded merchandise, which should tell you how much we believe in their product. I want to tell you about three of their specific products. They're all great for not only spring golf, but wearing it off the course as well. First is their performance polos. They fit so much better than your typical boxy polos. They have it all. Fire prints, classic stripes, simple solids, four-way stretch material is next level and wrinkle-free. The collars never lose their shape. Combine all of it, and that is why Roback polos are unmatched. Second, they have a performance quarter zip, which are a game changer when it comes to spring golf. Perfect for a crisp early morning 18, a run around the block, a day in the office, a night out. Anywhere you go, they are the definition of versatile. And then third, Roback's performance hoodies are legitimately the most comfortable hoodies we've worn on the course and off of it. Hands down the softest, stretchiest hoodies in golf. These things are asking to be worn out on the links. And right now, go to Roback.com and use the code TRAP, T-R-A-P, on Roback.com for a generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's spelled Roback.com, R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. Get 20% off all polos, quarter zips, hoodies, and tees with code TRAP. Trust us when we say you can't beat Roback. Check them out now. Thank them so much for sponsoring the Trap Draw. And now let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw podcast. My name is Randy. I am uh, joined by one of my favorites. We did it last year, and I'm so excited to get to do it again this year. That is Coach Seth Greenberg. He is an ESPN college basketball analyst. You can find him on Twitter at Seth on Hoops. At Seth on Hoops is his Twitter bio. Um, coach, you're a former two-time ACC Coach of the Year. You're a father. You're a husband. Uh, but what really caught my attention in your Twitter bio, which I missed the first time, you're a pizza expert and an avid golfer. So I wanted to ask you, what's your, what's your go-to uh, pizza order? I am really, really simple. I mean, I'm, I'm just a New York City on any street corner, plain piece of cheese. Now, if I get outside the box, a little barbecue chicken works a little bit for me. But, you know, like pizza, you know, pe- pineapple. Who puts pineapples on pizza? Some oh. people do. Time okay. to time, time to time, my hand goes up. Yeah, I, I, I do. Understand it. Like crispy on the bottom, got to be crispy on the bottom. All right, has to be. It's just, just no doubt about it. It's got to be crispy on the bottom. It's got to be a little oily on the top. A lot of cheese, a little oregano. Life is good. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. It's tough to mess up just a, a plain piece of pizza. Um, and I was also going to ask you, are you able to play much golf? I, I know, I think you probably spend a lot of your winners up around Bristol, uh, with ESPN. So I'm, I'm curious if you're able to play much, uh, during the winter time. 
Yeah, I don't play. I don't play at all in the winter. I live in I live in Avon right here, member of Golf Club Avon, and uh, you know. Uh, but once the season's over, I went to the simulator once. I couldn't play worth the crap on that damn. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I mean, I know I'm getting older, but I lost a lot of distance on the simulator. It must have been the quality of the golf ball or something. I don't. I don't know. But uh, I did that once. I'll I'll get out a little heavy stick and start swinging it. Actually, this week a little bit. The first few rounds were a little bit ugly. I got I got in pretty good shape, but the, by the end of the last year, I I was hitting it pretty good for an old guy. Now, do you ever play with uh, Billis, or do you ever play with anybody, uh, any coworkers up there? Yeah, I play with a lot of guys that we we work with. Uh, Bill Billis is a, is a good stick. He hits it a mile, absolutely yeah. a mile. I played with him in a while, but uh, yeah, we play a lot. Play a lot with Carl Ravich, and uh, I play with a lot with uh, you know some of our. Uh, the guys that are members at, at, at golf club Avon and uh, you'll play with Jay will every once in a while. Uh, you know, there's a lot of banter. He used to play a lot with Trey Wingo. He's a member of uh, the golf club Avon, except sure. he breaks butts. I mean, like, but put, put it in a hole. That's good. Pick it up. No, no, it's not good. Put it in. <laughs> Coach, you're a man after my own heart. I, there's nothing I enjoy more than hitting the cup 18 times in a round of golf. No doubt about it. But I, uh, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I've never taken a golf lesson. Uh, I was a much better athlete when I was younger, so I was a little bit better. But I've learned a little bit more just watching. I caddied for eight years growing up in high school and college. Caddied every single weekend for the same people uh, when I was growing up in, in Long Island at Lake Success Golf Club. And really kind of, you know, you learn so much caddying. It's it's an unbelievable education, uh, interacting with people, uh, you know, just learning to communicate, really, uh, respect. The etiquette and all those things that are so important in the rest of your life. So uh learned a lot of lessons from golf, love playing it. It's, you know, now that I'm not coaching, it's the only competition I get. Yeah. Uh, it really is. Uh, I'm very good on red nine uh, uh, at the golf club of Avon because I get a stroke against most people. <laughs> it's par five and I've been known to par that. And as I would say, that's five for four. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, like I said, I, I, this is one of my favorite times of year. I, I know it, it, it is for you as well. Uh, March Madness is upon us. The tournament, uh, the first four has gotten underway in Dayton last night, a couple more games tonight. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I, I wanted to kind of geek out, fan out and, and talk brackets with you for a little bit. And, um, before we get into that though, question for you, um, this time of year, how do you assess kind of the most important attributes around a team? And what I mean by that is, you know, obviously the, the skill level of the players, perhaps experience, what type of momentum they're, they're carrying into the tournament. Maybe it's just plain luck. You know, you, you have to have a lot of luck uh, in, in a one and done type tournament. I, I'm curious how you see all those variables coming together when, when you look at teams that you really like this time of year. It's real simple. I mean, do they take care of the basketball? Do they limit you to one shot? Those are two really important things because if they take care of the basketball and they limit you to one shot, that's that, that's kind of part of my what I call the art of the upset. But, you know, the third thing would be can they own the tempo of the game, whether it's speed it up or slow it down? Do they have a guy that can take over a game? Do they have a guy that can stop someone from taking over a game? Because in a one-and-done tournament i mean like you, you might play a mid-major and, and they might have a guy that's just got to go tevin brown at murray state right that guy's a big time three-point shooter all of a sudden you, you know maybe he's playing kentucky he's got it going you have someone who can shut him down which is really important the reason you got to take care of the ball and the reason you got to rebound the basketball because you want to eliminate easy baskets 
So you, you're trying to develop an identity. And then do they have a, a style of play, an identity that can impose on their opponent? You look at the last 10 games, but yes, you also have to understand who they played, where they played uh, uh, in, in, in regard to wins and losses. So like who and when and where is important. So, uh, you know, like some teams are finishing up strong, but I mean, like who'd they play? You know, a team like Virginia Tech, what they were able to do in the ACC tournament resonates with me because it was how they did it. Uh, and then the last thing is I'm, I'm big because I think in the NCAA tournament, you're going to play close games. So to me, who are they playing through at the end of a game? Like, who are they playing with? All right. So I, I say who, how, and where. Who do they want to play with? How are they going to get them the ball? And where does he want to get the ball? And that's like my issue with Duke right now. Like, I think Duke can make it to a sweet 16, maybe an elite eight. I don't think they can win a national championship because I don't think they do a great job of closing out games because I don't think they do a great job of getting the ball to Paulo Bancaro, you know, who they want to get the ball to. But where does he want the ball and how are they going to get him the ball? I think that's the biggest thing. So those are the things as I look at teams, uh, I try to evaluate in terms of upsets and also, you know, teams that are, are you know, good on good teams. You know, when you have, you know, because we have great matchups. Those eight nines are great matchups. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're going to have this year, there's more level playing field. There's no doubt about it. There isn't anyone who has separated themselves. So those are some of the things I'll look at. And when I look at my matchups, I love it. I love it. And you, you have picks on record already, which I, I want to get to in, in just a minute, I but tweaked a couple a little bit. I, I tweaked one. I usually, we fill out our bracket. We, we sit there at bracketology and we don't see the bracket. It's behind us. For Fonz and I, we were at a loss because Phyllis and Reese could see it because the <laughs> monitor behind us. So we, you know, but it gets handed to us and we literally have to fill it out within five minutes. It's not even five. You, you, boop, 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 you fill it out. So I've made a couple of changes. Not, not nothing significant though. Okay. Well, I'll be curious about that. But before I ask you about those specifics, I was curious just from a broad perspective, did anything really surprise you this college basketball season? What, what were some of the, uh, I, I don't know if anything shocked you or, you know, either in a good sense or, or maybe in a, you know, in, in a negative sense, even. Well, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say shock, but Arizona and how they play. I mean, here's Tommy Lloyd, first-time head coach, terrific coach, obviously great great pedigree work for Mark Few. The job he did recruiting, re-recruiting his team is is some of the things, one of the things that really sticks out at me. Because you're going to say, those guys at Arizona, they could have gone anywhere. Sean Miller left them a really good group of players, but they could have gone anywhere. Because the transfer portal, they would have been immediately eligible anywhere. His ability to re-recruit those guys, I thought, was really uh, a, a tremendous accomplishment. And then get those guys to buy into each other. So that's number one. Number two is the transfer portal. Uh, transfer portal enables you to rebuild your team, your culture, your identity a little bit quicker. We saw that with Kentucky. Kellen Grady, Sabir Wheeler, uh, Oscar Shibley was sitting out. I, I think that was something that you know you've got to kind of you've got to respect and keep an eye on, especially moving forward. Uh, then like Kansas, so they get Remy Martin, but he hadn't been healthy. So we haven't seen the best of Kansas yet. So like Kansas is a little bit of, all right, hey, they had a great year. They won 27, 28 games, big 12 conference champions. Remy Martin all of a sudden played 20 plus minutes in that game, played pretty good. All of a sudden you go, Ooh, wait a second. If he can play 25, 30 minutes a game in the NCAA tournament, he's a shot creator. He's a bucket getter. Now all of a sudden you got Abaji, you got Wilson, you got, 
you know, you've got Brown, you put Remy Martin, who's healthy in that group. You say, wait a second, Dave McCormick's playing a little bit better. That's that that's a team that could could make a run. Uh, the Memphis thing was an interesting thing to watch to me, and, and maybe just my opinion. They went addition by subtraction. Early in the season, they were playing Amani Bates and Jalen Duran. Bates got hurt. Uh, they were playing him at the point. He's not a point guard. He's 6'9". He's 18 years old. He didn't know what a good shot was. He didn't know how to play hard. He leaves. They make the NCAA tournament. He didn't leave. I mean, he got injured. So, I mean, not every freshman that is all hyped up as a player of the year you know, they're not all created equal. He wasn't physically ready to to go and do that. And I wouldn't have I wouldn't have mentioned that in that manner a year ago. But now with name, image, and likeness, as Jay Billis says, there's no such thing as amateurism. They're all pros. They're all getting paid. So I mean, if you get paid, you got to you know you got to be held accountable. And probably the last thing is that we learned a good lesson: Texas Tech and Texas. Uh, Mark Adams, amazing run, obviously. Uh, he went and continued, obviously, to go through the portal, lost some players, went to the portal, but got his type of guys, got tough, physical, uh, hard-nosed, aggressive. Uh, Bryson Williams just, you know, really just been fun to watch their team. Chris Beard, who's a dear friend who's going to do an incredible, incredible job at Texas. They went and got highly rated guys, but highly rated guys from non-winning programs, excluding Christian Bishop, guys that came from losing programs and you've got to get the right type of dudes, you know, like Chris Beard needs tough, hard nosed, physical winning players. Not everyone's a winning player. Every team has a leading scorer. So those are some just things off kind of the top of my head. And I probably say the last thing, the job Greg Gar did. Amazing. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the emergence of Keegan Murray, the emergence of Johnny Davis, the emergence of Jaden Ivy, uh, you know, it just shows you guys, it, you know, you put in time, you do the work, you get an opportunity, you seize the opportunity. I, I, I love that. And one guy I wanted to ask you about specifically um, is Chet Holmgren uh, from Gonzaga and what you made of his season this year, his development. And I, I don't think it's a secret that, that he's going to enter the NBA draft. How, how do you see him? at the next level, especially in the next, you know, one, two, three years. Is, is it going to take some time for him? Take some time. Uh, I was to Mobley transitioned really seamlessly, similar type, a little bit similar type athlete. Uh, look, Chet Homer and quote unquote, the unicorn, uh, you know, he's a freak. And I think it took a while for a few to figure out how to use him. He got more comfortable, obviously, when they went to West Coast Conference play. I think that when people, if he has space to play in, his skill set's a joke. You know, he shot 40-plus from the three in league play, but he had space to play in. Uh, he could grab a re defensive rebound, and boom, he's up the floor. He's weaving, he's bobbing, he's spinning, he's, you know. But if you can get to his legs, he struggles. Uh, high hips, get to his legs. Now, he's a freak in terms of his length. He's a freak in terms of his skill set. He's, he's, he's bouncy. Uh, I think he's going to be a terrific NBA player. Uh, but the NBA in positionless basketball – He's probably going to be guarded by a smaller player that's going to get into his body a little bit. So I think there's going to be a little bit of maturation. I think he's Crispus Pazingas, bouncier, more skilled, um, better, better feel in a lot of ways, uh, better upside because of he, you know, he can put it on the floor and he has agility. 
so, you know, I'm interested to see when, when again, he, early in the season, he was playing. He was, he was, Mark was figuring him out. He was figuring college basketball out. I do uh, wonder, again, if people get into him, like in the NBA, uh, it's a grown man's league. If people get into him, you know, will they be able to take his lower body out, which will obviously take away his athleticism, not his length, but his athleticism. Mm-hmm. I, that's well said. I'm fascinated to see how he makes that transition because for the exact reasons you said, I, I just feel like he's going to get so much physicality at, at the next level. Um, I'll be curious how he, how he responds to it. Our, um, now our NBA guys love him. You know, I, you know, I know Mark Schmitz is in love with the guy, you know, it, yeah. I'm in love with Ari. I'm in love with Jabari Smith who reminds me of Kevin Durant. Um, well, t- turning to the tournament, then uh, let me ask you this. Start here. Any quibbles, big quibbles with the top eight seeds? Uh, I, you know, I thought Tennessee deserved to be on the two line. Uh, I just, I, you know, and Baylor, look, Baylor has had an amazing year, an amazing year. But, you know, they had an amazing year and won all those games early with Jonathan Chama Chachua and LJ Cryer healthy. LJ Cryer is not healthy right now, and Jonathan Chama Chachua is not playing. So I'm not sure they're number one, but they are number one. That's the way it is. I thought Tennessee, the way they played, uh, you know, two wins against Kentucky, a win against Arizona, a win against Auburn, uh, SEC tournament champions, tied for second in regular uh, season of the SEC. And I think they could have been been a two. I thought Virginia Tech didn't get a good deal. I mean, went to the ACC tournament on the bubble, left the ACC as ACC champions beat Notre Dame in the tournament, beat North Carolina in the tournament, beat Duke in the tournament. Uh, 11, basically what that tells me is if they didn't win, if they, you know, if they, they had no chance to get in the NCAA tournament as an at-large, zero, none, kaput. Clemson game didn't do it. Notre Dame didn't game didn't do it because they're 11. They're one of the last teams in the field. Uh, Two that I wanted to ask you about. I, I'm struggling with how Houston is a five seed. Uh, the, the metrics love them. They're number two in the ESPN BPI. Um, they obviously are coming off a year last year where they made it to the final four as a number two seed. They go 29 and five, I believe. I, I don't, I don't understand how they get placed on uh, as a five seed. And, and I think that's like the, the team that suffers from that is Arizona. Where would you have I, I would have them as a three seed. I, I like I think Wisconsin is overseeded as a three seed. The more I looked at the numbers, um, I, I realized that might be Randy know. Randy. <laughs> Boy. All right. Now I now I understand uh, you know, uh yeah, I'd love to know where you have Lanto Griffin seated, but that's a different story. <laughs> they they have one win against quad one. I so you Schedule and manipulate the numbers. They now look. I like them. I think what 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 Kermit's done. Obviously, Traymond Markey loses. He loses Sasser, uh, but the reality and Josh Carlton's been great. But Randy, my boy, he, they've got one win against Quad One. Uh, so I hear you. I hear you. I I I think I'm bringing in more of the metrics though. And I, I, I correct me your if I'm wrong. Against you know your metrics are controlled by who you play against. Like, all right, here's an example. Like, the art of the upset. I got, like, a lot of people are picking Vermont for the upset. All right? You know, Vermont's kind of a trendy pick. All right? Uh, why? Metrics. All right? I, I, I just wrote it down. I'm about to do something in SportsCenter later on. Like Vermont, top 20, so they control the tempo of the, tempo of the game. They don't turn it over. They don't give you second shots. Number one defensive rebound percentage. They shoot 43%, uh, 40 or 43% of the shots from the three. They're a big-time shooting team. 
Well, I mean, they're also, it's easier to shoot against, uh, you know, UMass Lowell uh, and, you know, Hartford and Albany than it is to shoot against someone, you know, someone else. I mean, look, Houston played a tough schedule early in the season, but the American Conference wasn't very good this year. True. So the metrics are impacted by your competition in a lot of ways, don't you think? Uh, yes. Like, I'm yes. at the golf club with Avon, then when I play Pine Valley, I can tell you that much. I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. I think what um, Houston specifically, and I know maybe the, the committee cannot judge them this way, but but just looking at a, a little more than just this year, right? This is obviously a, a very good program. And I, I, I think, I don't know. I, I think from a respect, I, I was just really surprised they're a five seed. And like I said, I, I think, I, I think it's a tough draw for, for a team like Arizona. Like I, I think that's who really gets punished when, when, a, when a school like Houston is on yeah. the, is on the five line. Yeah. It's like the Kentucky Wichita state deal. When, when, when Kentucky was like an eight and then, you know, which state was a one, they had to play Kentucky in the second round. Yeah. Uh, well, you're probably not going to like my other one. I think Loyola Chicago as a 10 seed. I, I think they, they could have easily been the a seven seed this year. Uh, I, I know it doesn't quite matter that much, um, but I, I just think, you know, another team that played a really challenging out of conference schedule. I understand their, their league isn't, you know, they, they can't get, those marquee wins in their own league, uh, like other programs can, but I, I, I really like Loyola Chicago and I thought they, they deserve more than a 10 seed. Yeah. I, look, I think Drew did a great job with his team. It's a hard thing to come in, follow that act and, and senior team. Braden Norris is obviously be good. Lucas Williamson's an elite defender. They're shooting more threes this year. They're not as good defensively. Uh, and they're a little more spread offensively. Uh, you know, I've got Ohio State winning that game, uh, and and uh, and the reason being, you know, and I'm I'm a little worried that Zed Key might not play. Our versus Kyle, Kyle Young might not play. Uh, if they do play, I like it a little bit more. Uh, but I, you know, again, I fill up my bracket. I kind of stick with it. Uh, so that you know, that was my first inclination. Miles Kai Branham, obviously, I'm a big fan of his. Obviously, EJ's a tough matchup. Their part, their guard play's got to be good. I mean, that's that's the big question. Braden Norris, though, for loyal. That dude, if I if I you get Braden Nar Braden Narses of the world on your team, and Lucas Williamson's of the world on your team, remember now Loyola is very very good, but they're not the Cameron Kraut were good. They missed that element. I think that you know everyone gets oh Sister Jean, I want to I want a scarf, uh, you know it's it's a nice story, but they're a really good team, and Drew did a great job with them, but Cameron Kraut was like. You know, he was he was the mailman. He delivered. Yeah. Yeah. He exceptional college basketball player. Um, I give you that. And, and speaking of Norris, I love that matchup. Norris grew up in Columbus. Uh, he will be extra motivated to, to take on the Buckeyes for sure. Um, can you can you talk to me that I know it's it's probably going to be the, the wins that they had. But I, should I trust Providence? That that's that's like the one team. They're a four seed. Yeah, that's a rough one, Randy. I'm <laughs> Uh, and there's another one. I know you would. I know you're in the metrics now. I mean, uh, you're reading some greens for me or something. But uh, in uh, you got one. Of, uh, if you can read that little chart, I I, I actually once saw the U.S. Open chart at Beth Page, who, uh, and and Lato actually showed it to me. And it was like about a three foot area you could land the ball. Um, the metrics they said, you know, South Dakota State has a shot. I mean, South Dakota State, you know, they shoot 45 percent, 44, 45 percent from three point line. 
They play fast. They don't turn it over. They do all the things you need to do. Providence uh, plays at a crawl, but Providence, you got to remember now, two things they do. Contest the twos, run you off the three. That's what they do. They're going to make it a rock fight. Can they do that against South Dakota State? Um, they've got a legitimate inside score. And one thing people lose in, in, the, in the South Dakota State-Providence matchup in general is South Dakota State's defense is like 240. You know, Bynum can score. Reeves can score. Watson can score. I mean, it's not like the, the problem is part of, part of Providence's metrics are they playing a league where it's a fist fight every night. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, look, I, I didn't have it or I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I'd be preparing for a game, but like the luck factor, I saw Ken Palm had a thing. They like, what a, Providence was the luckiest team in America. Yes. But I'm going with my man, Cool Ed Cooley. They're, they're lucky because Cool Ed Cooley's just one of those dudes that deserves good luck. Yes, I, I had that in my notes. They they are number one in, in Ken Palm's luck, which you know we'll see. Hopefully that 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 continues for him through the tournament. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I want to thank our other sponsor, and that is Whoop. Today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the personalized digital fitness and health coach, an official fitness wearable of the PGA and LPGA tours. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. Train smarter, recover faster, sleep better, and now feel healthier with Whoop and their all-new Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness wearable on the market. The all-new 4.0 is smaller, smarter, and designed with new biometric tracking, including skin temperature, blood oxygen, and more. The device features a new smart alarm designed to wake you up feeling refreshed and ready to take on the day. Plus, it was designed with their new Anywhere technology, so you can wear it with their Whoop body sensor enhanced technical garments. That means boxers, shorts, compression tops, bralettes, leggings, and more. Just remove the band from the device, slide it into the garment of choice, and you're discreetly tracking your daily activity with Whoop. I was recently feeling under the weather, and I have to hand it to Whoop. My respiratory rate shot up. Uh, my my skin temperature shot up, and this was like a day before I actually really felt crappy, but it, it was a nice alert to let me know. Obviously, I had picked up, I think, a little bit of a virus. I ended up taking a COVID test. It was negative, but I was able to get out ahead of that stuff thanks to Whoop. I've been wearing it now for, oh gosh, a couple years, and it just proves keeps proving to be very valuable, both in you know alerting me to my health, but also tracking sleep tracking workouts, all of that stuff. If you don't have a Whoop, the all-new waterproof device is free when you sign up for a Whoop 4.0 membership. And for any current members, if you have six months left of membership on your account, you can upgrade now and get the 4.0 for free. Right now, Whoop is offering 15% off when you use the code NLU15 at checkout. So go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P.com, enter NLU15 at checkout and save 15%. Thank them very much for sponsoring the trap draw. And now back to the episode. I was, I'm really, really curious to hear your answer to this. I I wanted to ask you who some of your favorite teams that you want to watch are. And, and this doesn't even necessarily have to be teams that you think will, will win a first round game. Just, just teams. You think, you know, if, if people are looking at the TV guide, what are some, some teams and some players or some coaches that people should circle and, and make a point to watch? I think a couple of games are going to be really good. I think Marquette, North Carolina is going to be fun. That thing's going to get up and down. Uh, North Carolina, sometimes when they get punched in the face, they kind of melt. 
I'm interested to see if they will. Uh, but I just, in general, I'm interested to see what happens in that North Carolina Marquette. And that's just a game that, you know, kind of, kind of intrigues me a little bit. Uh, seeing how Duke plays. Like I said, they don't have an identity offensively and defensively right now. I want to see if they, they, they had a week to reflect, uh, you know, coach K's, I don't know how much the pressure of coach K's last dance, his senior year, uh, his senior year culminating with the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't like what they're doing early in the year. They were turning people over. They're not turning anyone over. Uh, and then offensively, I don't know what they do. I got to be honest with you. And I know a lot of people, Oh, you hate Duke. I don't really care. I really don't care who wins, except I want my bracket to be good. I just look at them and I see a team uh, that, you know, quite honestly, doesn't have an identity offensively. They got a really good players, like a little kid on Christmas gets all these toys. Doesn't know which one to play with. They got a lot of toys and Powell's got a lot of toys. I'd like to see him just take the ball. Boom. Go. All right. I'd like to say, all right, end of the game. Who are we going to get the ball? Where are we going to get him the ball? All right. How are we going to get him the ball? I'd like to see that. Uh, I think I, you know, teams I want to see, you know, I like UCLA. So I want to see how they, now that they've had a week of practice where they've been healthy, I have a kind of an intrigue with them a little bit. Uh, on the other side, uh, I love watching Arizona play. I just love the speed they play with. I love, I have, I have, I have a, when I coached, I had six, seven wing guys. So I love Ben McMathurin. I love Dale and Terry. I think that, you know, even with Kirk Krisa out, I think that those guys have the ball in their hands a little bit more. They're dynamic. Christian Cloak has been one of the most improved players in the country. Uh, you know, I like that. I, you know, Auburn is a team that I, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Auburn uh, because I want to see their guards. I mean, KD Johnson was 0 for 14 the other day. 0 for 14. You would think he would have stopped at 10. You know, I think like at 10, so, you know, I got 10, 10 up. Either that or go get a layup, see the ball go in. So uh, that and then probably just uh, Iowa's a fun team to watch. Keegan Murray, man, that, that guy's a dude. He, he's the second pick in the draft, I think, maybe the third. Wow. Can I ask you about a couple of mid-majors? Oh, well, more mid-majors. Yeah, um, sure. I, I Murray State's a team 30 and two. Of course, Job Morant was there a few years ago. Um I, I did not get to watch him play really at all this year. Have you have you seen much yeah. of them? Yeah, Matt McMahon's a good friend. I, I'm a big fan. I did a story on Jawan before anyone knew who he was, and um, they're really good. All their metrics are good. Tevin Brown makes jumpers. Williams is six ten, carves out space. Uh, you know, uh, Juice Hill is a dynamic dynamic little guard they can really defend you uh run good offense uh that san francisco game is gonna be really good because shabazz and and Bouye, which is my favorite <laughs> name uh those two guys can score and they really spread you out two teams that are gonna really use the floor and spread you out run good offense uh that game will come down to can murray run them off the three-point line and how does uh san francisco deal with the interior of of murray state and the other team is St. actually West Coast Conference team, St. Mary's. Um, I feel like this year's team, in a lot of ways, it, it reminds me of some of the Tony Bennett UVA teams. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've seen them play uh, uh, quite a few times, actually. They, they play extremely slow. They, they defend the hell out of you. And I think they run pretty good offense. Where, where my concern, I guess, is, is 
I'm not sure if they have the individual skill level on offense, right? When, when they have to get a bucket or when things break down would be my big question with them, but it's a team. So I'd love to watch good team defense. And so St. Mary's is a team that I, I really enjoy watching. Yeah, I, I look, I agree with that. And Tommy Cousy, I mean, he, he, he's going to be on our, our show next year, bald men on campus. Cause he's right there with us. But, uh, in the middle ball screens, middle third ball screens, but he's really good. I mean, Randy does a great job of teaching. That's why you like him because of the Randy thing. <laughs> anyway, they, he does a really good job of teaching ball screen offense. Uh, that's I, I'm picking Indiana, and I did it right from the heart. I mean, not from the heart, right from the beginning. I had Indiana winning last night. I had Texas Southern winning last night, but I, I had Indiana winning, and I picked them over St. Mary's. After watching Wyoming's pack line defense, and knowing what Randy's going to do, uh, I have a little bit of concern. Uh, I still don't think, you know, and I think they'll get really, really physical with Trace Jackson Davis. I mean, like really physical with them, which they did obviously against Drew Timmy in that win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good. They're good. I, I think they're a little better than people think offensively. They don't, sh- they don't make the they don't make the shots. They don't have the jump shooters right. uh, that that they've had in the past. So when they run all that stuff and they're pitching it out of uh, off a of, off a ball screen and making one more pass. They're not, they're not a great shooting team. They're more of a defensive physical team this year. Uh, but Kuzi's been, Kuzi's been unbelievable. Kuzi's averaging like 20, 20 points and like six or seven assists, like the last 10 games since he was benched and came back, he's been, uh, uh, you know, a different guy and you got to give him credit to say, I mean, he's been in school forever, uh, started as a walk on, got benched, which is embarrassing. And, you know what? Responded the right way. And you got to respect that. Yeah. Uh, the, the last team I saw him early in the year, I'm, I'm out in Denver and I drove up to Fort Collins to, to see Colorado state and was so impressed with their, their offense, their skill level. David Roddy is, you know, a, a one man offense. It seems like I, I know COVID late, um, or excuse me, early December, mid-December into January seemed to take a bit of momentum away from them. And, um, you know, they, they've lost some close ones out in the Mountain West, which I, I think is a very good conference this year. Uh, but Colorado State's a team, I, I'm hoping they can maybe get it going offensively because, man, I, I thought they were a ton of fun to watch and, and have a ton of skill guys. Yeah, I've got Michigan winning that game, but I Stevens <laughs> and, and uh, Dave Roddy are really good. I mean, and, they, and uh, Nico runs great, great offense. In talking to coaches in that league, they struggle with size. Well, Hunter Dickinson yeah. is a long being, and they're doing a better job, Michigan, of playing through the post. And, you know, if Caleb Houston's making shots and they get – Devonta Jones has been better at the point, uh, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, I look at it as similar to the Wisconsin game, uh, to, to the uh, Indiana-Wyoming game. I just, I just think that the size, length, athleticism, rim protection. Now, Roddy is a matchup nightmare. He's got a little back in the day. All right, kids, look it up. Go to YouTube. Uh, got a little Adrian Dantley in his game. Ooh, I like it. It backs people down. And, that, and you know, it's funny because the Mountain West is a back-down team, a league. I mean, you know, Ryan Odomer really good offense at Utah State. and you know, he, They had Justin Bean. And you watched Maldonado yesterday trying to back down those 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 guards, but he had a ton of turnovers. Why? Because of the size, the length, the athleticism, uh, you know, Graham EK uh, backs people down, but he had a problem with what? The size, the length, the athleticism of Indiana. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen tonight. 
you know, I'm not t- t- tomorrow night when Michigan plays plays Colorado State. And I just killed you with that. I know. Well, you can tell too. I'm kind of a sucker for the mid major teams. Uh, that's that's where that's where my heart uh, resides. All right. So into the brackets, uh, East the East bracket: uh, Baylor, Kentucky, Purdue, UCLA, the top four seeds. I believe you had Kentucky coming out of here. I'm curious if that is still your pick. I know you've done some some tweaks. Yeah, no, no, I'm 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 in on Kentucky. Now they got to handle when people get up and underneath them. They got to do a better job. I mean, Tennessee got up and underneath them and they struggled a little bit, but the pieces fit. Besides Oscar, you know, who's a freak, but you know, you got shot. Sabir is a shot creator. Ty Ty is a kind of what I call ball go to scoring, playmaking guard. Um, you know, if you look at, uh, you know, Toppin and, and Brooks, that's like a two-headed monster to get you about 17 points a game. Kellen and Davion Mintz got to make shots. I mean, I, I mean, that's the big thing. Those two guys, they got to make shots. Uh, if they can make shots, it opens up the floor. Defensively, I think they got versatility. So I'm, I'm going to go with them. Kind of next next team up, would, would it be Purdue or UCLA for you if, if Kentucky is to get tripped up? Yeah, my gut feeling is UCLA. I mean, like, you know, and I, I think – Kentucky's got a tough run because I'll tell you, either Purdue or, or Virginia Tech, like Virginia Tech, with all the crazy offense they run, could challenge the discipline of Kentucky's defense. But I, I really like UCLA. Like, you know, everyone forgot about UCLA because they had all those injuries. They lost some games. I, again, I look at UCLA and like Gonzaga, their season doesn't start until the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of Gonzaga, they're, they're in the West region. Uh, of course, Duke is the two seed. Texas Tech, the three, Arkansas, the four. Um, I, I think I, I heard where Gonzaga was your pick. I'm assuming that's probably still the case. I'm, I'm staying with it. Texas Tech could be a problem. Even UConn could be a problem with the physicality that they play with defensively and, and Adam, Adama Sinogo up front with Isaiah Whaley, who's a very, very good defender. But I've got the Zags going on. Uh, Andrew Nebhardt's the key to that thing. If he's good, they're good. Obviously, we know what Timmy's doing. I think Strother is uh, – he's not, he's not Corey Kispert, but he's, he's, he's leaning in that direction. I, I Selfishly, I hope we get to see Gonzaga-Duke again. Uh, the, the, the first matchup this year was, I thought, one of the better basketball games all season. So would love a rematch in the, uh, in the Elite Eight there. Um, okay, Midwest region then. Kansas, Auburn, Wisconsin, Providence are your top four seeds. Uh, I, this was where, oh, sorry. In my notes, you have Iowa, the, the five seed coming out of here. I'm curious if, if this was one of the ones you changed. Yeah, no, no. This, I, I stayed with Iowa. I actually changed. I got Auburn to the elite eight. I originally had them getting bopped by Wisconsin. Okay. Uh, I was a team that Keegan Murray could go on at, at six, nine could go on a Kemba type run. The guy gets off the bus drops 25 and on a really good night, he's going to drop 30. But then he, on the other end, he defends, and he gets to the offensive glass, and he rebounds the ball. They're a very good passing team. Where, where the reason I went with this is they've improved defensively. Let's face it. I mean, you know, they were, you know, a, a year ago they didn't guard anyone. Mm-hmm. They're better defensively. They extend their defense. They'll play some one, two, two, three quarter. They'll limit their exposure in the half court. Uh, they'll play some zone. They'll play some man. They've got more athletes on the back line. Um, I think their improvement defensively is the difference. And they got good overall size with, you know, Patrick McCaffrey and, and Keegan and Chris, and, uh, you know, they've just got legitimate size overall. So, uh, look, I mean, what they did in, in, in the big 10 tournament 
I mean, I thought I thought that was really impressive. Do you speaking of that? And this just this question just popped into my head. Is it is it hard to follow up a three wins in three days or four wins in four days? Is it hard to follow up a conference tournament win and then go and and win six games in the NCAA tournament or at least win like four to get to the final four? Uh, is is there anything to that? I, I know it sounds like crazy. I, I don't think any team would want to lose early in their conference tournament, but is there any wear and tear or how do you assess, you know, deep your benches. I mean, you know, how deep your benches, how many minutes you got to play guys, but here's the thing. So, so if a team gets knocked out early, you say, you know, I got a full week off, you know, we have you know, practice, we're getting stale. We've lost that fight. And then if a team goes through the tournament and plays like you know, in the SEC till Sunday, uh, like Tennessee, you know, you can say, oh, man, I'll tell you one thing. That was a grind. Four games, four days, this and that, you know. Like, here's the mindset. If, you, if you're not excited to play in, in the NCAA tournament, all right, and winning begets winning, uh, I'm a big believer in that, uh, you've got to eliminate the excuses. No excuses, no regrets. I mean, that, that's your mindset in the NCAA tournament. No excuses, no regrets, all right? Let's, hey, let's know exactly who we are, how we win, what's our identity. Everyone play to your strengths. Uh if we're going to go down, let's go down being us and let's go down being the hardest playing, toughest team. I mean, that, that, that was, that would be my talk to a team. Yeah. Um, eliminate use, eliminate the self-doubt, eliminate, uh, you know, you can't block out the stuff on the internet. I mean, they're on the I mean, Every player's on the phone 24 seven. It's so true. So true. Uh, well, then the last region is the South region where you have Arizona, Villanova, Tennessee, Illinois is the top four seeds. My Houston Cougars is the five seed. Um, Arizona's your pick, I assume, uh, to, to come out of the South still. Arizona's my pick and Arizona's my pick to win it all. Uh, again, the way they play the speed, what they play, they're, they're very good defensively. Uh, they share the ball. They're a terrific passing team. Uh, just, you know, a couple of, a couple, I have Ohio state over Loyola. That's kind of something that's a little bit different. I got Michigan over your boys in Colorado state. Uh, I have TCU beat and Seton hall. If Bryce Aiken was playing, I'd have that flipped around, but he's not. Um, so I don't have, uh, I don't have a ton of, you know, uh, worries about that. And then Nova, no, Nova, Tennessee. Remember they played New Jersey. They played here in, in the Mohegan Sun, and and Nova just put it on their rear end. I mean, they just kicked their rear ends. Now Tennessee's tougher than they are now because Tennessee's playing smaller. Tennessee plays in essence three or four point guards in the quarters at one time. They got Zakai. They got Kennedy Chandler. Josiah James was recruited as a point guard. Santiago Vescovi was recruited as a point guard. Uh, so they're, they're better now. Um, so, I mean, that that was a little bit – I've got Nova uh, in my original bracket. I had Tennessee. So, uh, I switched to Nova because, God darn it, the culture is so good. And what they did defensively in the, in the um, Big East tournament was incredible. The, the Villanova, whoever wins that Loyola-Ohio State game – that that second round game, I assume against Villanova, is is going to be, I think, one of the better second round games. I, I think no matter yeah. what the what the matchup, it's going to be two very well coached teams, tough teams. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to to that first and second round uh, little pool there. Um, all right, well, yeah, you said you had Arizona. Then I does it matter? Did you have Gonzaga, or UK, or uh, Kentucky? And that was a close one too because I think Kentucky actually matches up pretty well because. I think Keon Brooks and especially uh, Jacob Toppin is a pretty good matchup for Holgram. He's a genetic freak too. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I, I think coach, I've, it feels like I've picked uh, Gonzaga for like the last 18 years, wanting them to get a national championship. So I think I'm going to do it for the 19th straight year. Uh, but I, I, I truly think so wrong. I mean, you know, who's won the most NCAA tournament games in the last 10 years? Well, is it Mark few? Yep. Most, I would, most, most NCAA tournament wins in the last 10 years. So like when I, everyone goes, Oh, Gonzaga, you know, you know, they get to competition. They can't beat it. Oh yeah, they can. The last 10 years, they've won more games than anyone else. I would not have guessed that. That's a great stat. Um, I, I think a Gonzaga Arizona national championship would be fantastic. So, well, coach, I can't thank you enough. I know this uh, is like, Hey, we'll do it. We'll do this every year. I got my official no laying up towel. I mean, I just want to let you know it's right on my golf bag. So, I mean, how about that? Uh, well, we, we certainly appreciate that. If, if you ever need hat, pullover, shirt, just, just let us know. Happy to, uh, to send you whatever you need. Appreciate you repping us up at, uh, up at the, the club at, uh, at Avon. I'm going to tell those guys they got to have it in the, in the pro shop. I mean, let's go. There, there we go. We would take that too. I wear that stuff with pride. I, I love it. I can't thank you enough, coach. Um, I love following you this time of year. And thank you so much for your time. I, I truly appreciate it. My pleasure, Randy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, bud. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke. Who